When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel. And the company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. And the company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, That's right, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. And fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan River. And Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water with it, and the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind, and Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more, and then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he too took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And the company of prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or some valley. No, Elisha replied, do not send them. But they persisted until he was too ashamed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days but not, did not find him. And when they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? Awesome scripture. Here we see Elijah. The last time I preached this message was my first day here. Bud's last day here. And Kyle remembers, the adults remember, all of you were Lee, wee little babies when you were here. But um, essentially, this is an important part of Scripture. And later on in the New Testament, we see, we see that God likes to do this. God likes to, through men of the cloth, men that are called into the pastorate, anointed, God asks them, and we see it all throughout the New Testament, where when someone else is called, we lay hands on them and we anoint them. And, and we send them out with God's blessing. And uh, tonight, we come to a bittersweet time because Kyle has, uh, God has called Kyle out of our midst. And Kyle is now the youth pastor at Tyler Street United Methodist Church down in South Dallas. And so, um, same kind of deal. I was here the, the, the year I came. Kyle uh, 
Cal surrendered to the ministry that summer at camp. Cal was going to be a fireman. He, he was bound and determined uh, that that's what he was going to do. And uh, I'll never forget my, my first days here. This, wasn't, this was being built, this building. And we were over at CCA uh, in the gym rehearsing for EM tour, right? And, uh, and I was telling the students all kind of lies, you know, just because they, I was new and they were new. And they, like, they asked me what the scar on my hand was. And I, I told them all I got in a bar brawl and somebody put a knife through my hand under the table. And, and they believed me, you know, because I was the new youth pastor, I mean, what new youth pastor comes in and starts lying to the kids? But that was me. And I was having the time of my life, you know, getting them to buy into these big tall tales. And then we did that for three nights or something like that because back then Yim Tour was like this big production that we put on. And, and then we went somewhere different every day. So we did that for like three days. And then we got on this bus. And, uh, and Kyle and Tim Johnston were luggage crew, and that, you know, I figured out what all these roles were or whatever. And they were the big, strong guys, so they were luggage crew. Brad, Brad was there, and Kelly was there. And, uh, and we get on this bus, and off we go up into the wild blue yonder, you know, somewhere out in the east. Uh, I think we went to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma the first night, something like that. And then we went on up into Ohio and all up into, yeah. Whew. It was a whirlwind. Here I was four days into the trip, uh, or four days into the job, and off I get on a bus, and we go off with 40-some-odd teenagers and adults. You know, I didn't know. That second night, I had to sleep with Mike Patsick in a full-size bed. Might have been a twin. It was a twin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a twin. We stayed in the youth pastor, and I'll never forget it. It was in Ohio, uh, and and Bowling Green, Ohio is, is the name of the town. And uh, four days into the job, it was, it was exactly four days into the job because I had, no, five days, three days of rehearsal. We went to Oklahoma and then we were in Bowling Green, Ohio up there. Five days, I think it was, into the job. And, uh, and I've got to sleep with this dude named Mike, which back then was just confusing because it was my first week on the job and we've got Mike and Mike and Mike. And, and back then, Mike Jones was helping out as well. And so we had four mics in the youth ministry, and it was just confusing. And Max Patsick and I, by that point, four days into it, we were just tired. Um, and we get in there, and we had stayed up till like 2 in the morning playing. All the youth came over to the youth pastor's house, and we're out there playing football and stuff. We go in there to go to bed. They told us, yeah, you adults will be back in this room. Walk in there. It was their daughter's room. And there was a twin-size bed, and we just looked at each other and just said, all right. Sleep with our backs towards each other and don't move. Yeah, I'm game. Okay, I'm game too, you know, and we just went to bed. We were too tired to sleep on the floor. But that was it. That was it. And Kyle, you know, told me all about his, his calling to be a fireman and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then we went to summer camp out in Forsaken Country, out in Brown Flat. Brownwood is what it was called. In the uh, middle of camp, uh, God calls, calls Kyle into ministry. So Cameron Reeves was speaking at the time, and he asked anybody that was called to ministry to go outside, and several teens went out. Kyle was one of them, and we got to talking, and he's just like, yeah, I think I'm called to youth ministry. Well, awesome. Well, come on then, you know. You, and this is what discipleship is. Discipleship isn't a scheduled hour where we get together and we do Bible study. Discipleship is what Christ did with the disciples. And it's what Paul says. Okay, Kyle, you follow my example as I follow Christ's. Kyle, I give you an open window into my life. 
and let's go. And so for the past seven years, Kyle has been there in everything we've done as a youth ministry. My entire tenure here, Kyle has been there, been a staple. So it's bitter. I mean, it's hard. You know, we're going to miss Kyle. As my family has grown since I've been here, two babies, and, and they require much of my time, much of the relational aspect of youth ministry, Kyle has been doing. And we've had interns come and go, but Kyle's been volunteering his time, and he's been here for everything. So that part's going to be hard. We're going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. But the good part of all that has been watching God begin to work in Kyle. And as Kyle came along, I'll never forget the first years Kyle told me he couldn't read a book, told me he would never read a book, couldn't write a paper. He was just along for the ride. Somewhere along the way, I, you know, we just praying and, and, and God motivating him and saying, hey, you, you don't have to do this bivocationally. You can do this vocationally. And God saying, hey, you, you need to further your education. You need to solidify this deal. And so us, us coming up with money to say, Kyle, go, go to CFNI. Go get a degree in, in youth ministry. And I'll never forget that first class, you know. Me praying my heart out, God, just, just let the professor go easy on Kyle because I've been prompting him for a couple of years. Hey, you know, just dropping little, little hints here and there. Hey, let's do this. You know, you can do this. You can do this. And uh, praying that first day, and Kyle came back, and, you know, here we are several years later, and Kyle got his diploma in youth ministry from Christ for the Nations. And, and Kyle is, has been self-sufficient in ministry. And really, it really kind of boiled down to a year or two ago, um, the, the discipleship process here has kind of gotten to the place where Kyle needs to go out and he needs to do it on the Lord. And, and that's how his discipleship process will increase. And Kyle and I have grown from a, from a Paul-Timothy type relationship to a Paul-Barnabas type relationship where we are brothers and friends in Christ now. And in the past few years, whenever I couldn't be here or whatever, it was easy to just say, Kyle, take over. And so when Richard asked me, hey, there's this job down in Tyler Street. You know anybody that wants a job? And I said, yeah, you know, I think, I think Kyle needs to do this. He's at that place in his calling and anointing where he needs to step out. So I talked to Kyle about it, and he sent his, or Richard talked to Kyle about it, uh, sent his resume in, and um, he went down there and interviewed, and, and we talked a little bit before he went and interviewed some questions he might face. And he went down there and interviewed, played around with some of the other guys that were there to interview, you know, freaking them out when he comes out of his interview, you know, tough crowd in there, you know, whatever, uh, just making them sweat. And, uh, and then they called his references or whatever. It was the pastor, actually, that called me a couple weeks ago and said, do you mind if I asked you some questions about Kyle Welsh? I suppose you know he put you down as reference. I said, sure. Um, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll come up with every kind of lie in the book I can figure out so you don't take it. And he said, well, I guess that's all I need to know then. I said, yeah. I said, um, I said Kyle, Kyle will do a phenomenal job. Kyle's ready for the job. And, and really, it was just a sweet interview process because he didn't ask me any more questions than that. Basically, he just said this, you know, out of everybody we interviewed, he said Kyle stuck out. And there were three things about Kyle that stuck out. One is that he was uh, completely confident and sure of himself in answering all the questions. He had no doubt, no hesitation. Every other interview guy we interviewed looked like they were nervous, and Kyle just looked like he was, you know, it was old hat to him. 
two, they said that um, while being completely confident, he was a very gentle, soft-spoken, and humble guy. And the two have to go hand in hand because otherwise you get a big cocky attitude. And then three, they said, his heart for the Lord is genuine and evident in his responses. He was articulate and knew, just exuded wisdom. And that's been Kyle. It's been awesome to watch him grow. And now it's going to be even funner to watch him grow um, from a colleague's perspective, you know, um, as we get to do stuff and chat ministry and do that kind of stuff together. So uh, it will be good for him and it'll be good for us. God has something else he has for us. But what we want to do tonight is we want to lay hands on Kyle. And we want to ask God for a double portion of the anointing he's put on this youth ministry. It's great to do this on the heels of Missions Week because Kyle is now our missionary to South Dallas. And Kyle is going to hopefully not replicate what is done here, but hopefully do double the portion of blessing and anointing and ministry that's been done here in years to come. So Kyle, you go ahead and come on up here and we're going to lay hands on you and anoint you and ask God to pass the buck here. And move it on down there. So you guys come around him and lay hands on him. And let's pray for Kyle tonight. Why don't some of y'all pray and then I'll close this. Lord, we anoint Kyle tonight and we pray that your Holy Spirit would descend upon him and that you would equip him for the work you've called him to. We pray that that you would make your word his daily bread, that you would write it on his heart, that just as Lauren prayed, that, that the things that the youth need to hear and be taught, that you would be teaching those things to Kyle and writing them on his heart that he would be serving out of an overflow of who you are and what you're doing in his life rather than what he's studying in books. That the books would come as an aid to what you're doing in his life. Lord, we thank you for the growth we've seen in him and the transformation. He, he's barely the man he was seven years ago. Um, or rather, he's twice the man he was seven years ago. And that's because you've worked yourself in him and through him and out of him. And so many lives um, have been impacted because of his willingness and selflessness to step into ministry. While other people his age were going on and doing so many other things, Kyle faithfully followed your call. And because of it, uh, eternity has been impacted because of the lives that have been touched by his faithfulness to serve you. And we pray that that would double in apportionment as he goes to Tyler Street. We pray that he would become double the youth pastor that I am. 
that you would anoint him with double the portion, that the things that have taken me 30 years in life to learn, he would learn much sooner. Uh, the things that have taken me 15 years in youth ministry to learn, that he will have learned them in half that time, uh, so that 15 years from now he's doing twice as much for the kingdom of God as I am doing today. And I pray these things in your son's holy and precious name, God. Lord, we pray that you would bless his life as he moves out of the home and he goes and, and steps into what he's stepping into. Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm sad, but more than that, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. Uh, this man that for seven years has been doing youth ministry alongside a secular job now can focus solely on, on what you have called him to do. And I thank you for providing for him a full-time position where he can just focus on who you are and focus on what you've truly called him to do. And I'm just excited um, because I've seen what he's done bivocationally for seven years. I'm excited to see what you get to do in him and through him as he gets to devote 100% of his time uh, to, to just doing your ministry. And I'm, I'm so thankful to who you are, that where you called him, you provided, and you've worked it out in him. And now you've given him a full-time position um, to minister to the teens in South Dallas. And so, Lord, we don't send him out and send him off uh, leaving us. We send him out as our missionary. And we, we go with him to South Dallas in our prayers. And we pray uh, that, that in the future, through summer camps and midwinter retreats and, and, and even yim tours and things of the sort, that we can partner with him and the teenagers there, uh, that we can go down there and we can worship with him and his, and his new students, that we can be a part of, of impacting the kingdom of God and helping Cal in any way that he needs. And so, Lord, we, we send him out with covering. We send him out as our ambassador. And we pray that your holy uh, anointing would go with him, that you would be preparing each and every step of his way. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Good stuff. So here's the deal. Wednesday night, <clears throat> we're going to give you all time to really say goodbye to him and, and all you girls to boo-hoo and all that good stuff, throw a pie in his face, that kind of thing. Uh, but listen, here's what I want us to do for Wednesday night. Um, Kyle starts in March. So that means Wednesday night is probably his last Wednesday night here. Uh, and Sunday, probably we'll pray for him in big church with everybody and give everybody a chance to pray for him. But this Wednesday night, we're going to throw a, a goodbye party for Kyle and, uh, and give you an opportunity to really just spend time you talking with him and sharing testimonies. What would really be cool is if you would write out ways in which Kyle has impacted your life, because that way he could take that with him. And, uh, and that's really good when you're in ministry, because there's always dark days in ministry where somebody, because believe it or not, in ministry every day there's a gripe of some sort. Uh, and in those times, it's great to be able to go pull out notes of youth in the past and how you impacted them. And when those enemies feeding you lies, like, man, you're doing a lousy job at this ministry, it's great to pull out those notes and say, no, I'm not, because the Holy Spirit has impacted these lives through me. I know I can endure this and go on. So if you'd take time between now and Wednesday and write out ways in which Kyle has blessed your life, 
you can bring those on Wednesday, and, and we'll give those to him. Also, Kyle is going to be moving into an apartment and has to move down closer, which means he's got, like, dishes and and towels and sheets and... Man, I've been married too long. Kim takes care of all that stuff. I'm sitting here, you need stuff of some kind. Um, and that costs money. So what I'd like us to do is I'd like, but I'd like you guys um, to do this, not your parents. I'd like for you guys to find ways so that we can throw Kyle a pounding. And, and uh, what that means, I know that's a term that we don't, the pounding is not like beating him. Um, bring... Bring the good stuff. Bring cash, okay, that we can, that he can use uh, for things he needs in his apartment, okay? Uh, as a youth group, we'll get something for his apartment that he can always remember us to buy, so don't worry about that, and I'll, we'll let you in on that, but, but if you guys want to just bring him some cash, um, what better way to bless him as he incurs all these costs than being able to help him with expenses because there's always unexpected expenses in moving out on your own. Uh, all that stuff that mom and daddy used to buy suddenly just isn't there. So, and you'd be surprised how much toilet paper is and stuff. You never think about that, but you know you got these costs now. Uh, so let, let's, let's bring a cash gift for Kyle. And I know you guys go to the movies and stuff, and if you just skip out on one movie, there's a good 10, 15 bucks right there, and between all of us, we could really help him out. So, sorry you had to hear that, but um, Wednesday night will be, will be for Kyle, um, and you guys will get that opportunity to do that. Cool? Awesome. God is an amazing God. He's a good God. And, and I say this all the time, and you'll hear me say it all the time, where God calls us, where God gives vision, he gives provision. And Kyle's a living testimony of that for you guys. And that God called him, and here seven years later, Kyle is stepping into a full-time role. Um, and, and not just any full-time role. Kyle, Kyle is stepping into a church that is, where youth pastors is kind of uh, getting up into upper tiers. I mean, the church is the same size of ours, and usually they are looking, hiring people that have been in full-time jobs on their own for years. And Kyle was placed to the top of that list. Um, so God's work in Kyle is evident. And it should be evidence to you um, that what God calls you to do, he will make a way if you'll let him. So that's it for tonight. Uh, and that's a lot. Um, it's a whole lot. Because 10 years down the road, I can't wait to see the hundreds of teens that are impacted by Kyle directly or by teens that he's impacted. It's just an amazing day for the kingdom of God uh, and a great way to end out Missions Week. So thanks for coming. We'll see you Wednesday with your gift and your letter for Kyle. We'll see you.